dare say I ought to sack him, but on the other hand, he's frightfully discreet. A drop of something, perhaps? He rose and went to the demiloon table against the far wall, on which a tray of crystal decanters flashed invitingly. Sherry? Whiskey? I've a noble port at the moment. Last of the ought nines my father put down for me on the occasion of my birth. <laughs> I shouldn't wish to deprive you, said Roland who felt the loss of noble ports keenly, even in his present disturbed spirits. Nonsense! If one waits for the right occasion, one never drinks it at all. Sir Edward picked up a decanter and lifted the stopper. Ah, there we are, you damned beauty. I say, you're a good deal more generous than my brother, Roland said. He watched with narrowed eyes as Sir Edward poured out one glass and then another, filling each one nearly to the rim with thick ruby port. In the silent book-filled room, the liquid swished against crystal like an Amazonian waterfall. He never lets me near his vintage. Ah, well, dukes, you know. Sir Edward handed him the glass. To the Queen. The Queen. The clink of glasses rang amiably in the air, and Sir Edward, instead of returning to his desk, moved to the window overlooking the rear garden. With one hand he lifted aside the heavy burgundy curtains and peered out into the foggy darkness. He took a drink of port. "'I suppose,' he said, "'you're wondering why I've called you here tonight. "'It came as something of a surprise.' "'Ah!' Circumspect. Sir Edward swirled the port in his glass. You've come along damned well these past few years, Penhallow. Damned well. I thought when they first foisted you on me, you'd been nothing more but an aristocratic millstone around my neck, with your flashy looks and your matchless damn pedigree. But I was quite wrong about that, to my considerable pleasure. Quite wrong. He turned to face Roland, and all the painfully contrived jollity had faded from his expression, leaving its lean angles even more austere than usual. I'm grateful to have been of service, sir, said Roland. Queen and country and all that. Dashed good fun. He gripped the narrow bowl of his glass until the facets cut hard and cold against his fingertips. Of course you are. I don't doubt that for an instant. Sir Edward stared down into the ruby depths of his port. Sir? Roland said, because his dry mouth would not permit anything more fluent. Then he remembered the port, and raised it to his lips for a hearty, seaman-like swallow. Sir Edward cleared his throat. Here's the trouble. As I suspect you're aware— We're not the only organization in Her Majesty's government charged with gathering intelligence. Of course not. Tripping on each other's toes all the time. Roland offered a winning smile, his most charismatic younger brother effort. Why, just last month, I nearly came to a bad end myself. Stumbled directly into a setup by some damn chaps from the Navy office. The bloodiest balls up you've ever seen. Yes. I read your report. Sir Edward returned to the desk 
and sat down in his chair. A trace of what might be called a smile lifted one corner of his mouth. Rather well written, your reports, except perhaps for an excess of descriptive phrase. Roland shrugged modestly. Reports would be so dull otherwise. In any case, it appears those, uh, damned chaps from the Navy office, as you put it, aren't taking things in quite the same spirit of brotherhood. No? Hardly sporting of them. They were all quite on their feet again within a week or two. Roland flicked a speck of dust from his jacket sleeve. Ah, still, despite your tender care, which no doubt met the very highest standards of the service. Naturally, there's talk, Sir Edward set down his glass and fiddled with the neat rectangle.